about to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. All right, take your Bibles this morning. Go to Amos chapter 3. As Latasha speaks with the anointing of God and other people up here who have talked with the anointing of God, it's basically to open up your eyes and give you some hope into your possibilities and your ability that God has already placed on the inside of you. We've been talking about what the prophets have basically said over the last, you know, six months, eight months about the election and everything else. And, and basically, the way that they operate is basically the way that God operates with all things. God doesn't do things that differently. He does them the same. If you've ever studied the gifts of the Spirit, how many know about the gifts of the Spirit? You're going to find out it's basically the same thing as his operation with the prophets and his operation going on right now in your own personal life, basically. In Amos chapter 3, look at verse 7 here. It says, Surely the Lord God will do nothing, but he revealeth his secret unto his servants, what? The prophets. So this tells you how God operates. Now this didn't end back in Amos. This is the way God operates right now. What does he do? He wants to reveal things not only in a big spectrum, but to you personally, God wants to reveal things to your own heart. And when he reveals things to your heart, what it does is on the inside of you, it gives you sight into another realm that you've never been in before. In other words, if you're broke today, God's going to try to reveal to you that you can come completely out of debt and walk in financial freedom. So what does God do? He plants the seed of the Word of God on your heart, and as that begins real in your life, you start talking like a winner rather than a loser. You start talking like a wealthy person, even, even though your bank account didn't change. You start talking about a wealthy person rather than a poor person. And what's he doing? Why does he do that? Because basically here, if he can reveal it to you, and you can see it and talk it, he's then able to do it by the power of God that's already on the inside of you. And if you've ever studied the spiritual gifts, you'll find that there's three categories. They're the revelation gifts, the utterance gifts, and the power gifts. Notice, and they're all available to you. How many know the Holy Ghost is in you? Some people say, well, I wish you'd give me one of those gifts. Trust me, he's got them all. He's already on the inside of you, and he will operate in your life. He reveals things to me all the time. He gives me wisdom that I'm beyond anything I could understand all the time. What happens when it excites me, I start to talk about it. Even if nobody wants to hear it, even if nobody understands it, even if everybody looks at you like you're crazy, I continue to talk it. Why? Because it's alive on the inside of me then. And the more that I talk it on the inside of me, the more the power of God goes to work to start doing things, and it will take me out of debt into prosperity. It'll take me out of sickness into divine health. It'll take me out of being down and up into being up and over, praise God. Why? Because God has revealed something. Say revealed something. He's revealed. So what's reveal? Reveal basically is to make something known to you. It's to give you sight. It's to excite you and build up your joy on the inside because God wants to do something in your life. Hallelujah. All right, go to 1 Samuel. It's in there. It's right before 2 Samuel. First Samuel chapter 9, did you find it? Did you really find it? All right, look at verse 9. 
1 Samuel 9, verse 9, Before time in Israel, when a man went to inquire of God, thus he spake, Come, and let us go to the seer. For he that is now called a prophet was before time called a what? Seer. seer. Now this tells you what a prophet was called in the old days. He was called a? Seer. Why? Because he basically saw things in the spirit or the truth and relayed it to the people so they would believe it so that the truth could manifest in their life in order for God to do exactly what God wanted to do in their life. Now today, you're a born-again believer. You have the Spirit of God on the inside of you. You have a prophetic spirit already in you. This prophetic spirit wants to do the same thing he does with a prophet. He wants to reveal to you truth from the Word of God. I mean, you know the Holy Ghost is called the Spirit of Truth. He's trying to get truth over you in the Word of God. Why does he want to do that? Basically so that you start seeing things differently than you saw before, and that will cause you to talk differently. That's why some of us have a problem, because when we get in a tight situation, we want to find the Word of God and start speaking it. If you don't see it, it's hard to say it. See, you can say it, but you really don't see it. And since I say it and don't see it, I feel like I'm lying. Come on now. See, that's it. Uh, uh, I'm blessed. Oh, I'm really blessed. <laughs> On Sunday morning, I'm blessed. You go home, and my God, ain't a blessing with the 300 miles of me. I don't know why I said that, <laughs> praise God. I don't. Why is that? Because you're trying to speak something without having the seer do the revelation on the inside of you, so you're speaking in line. Are you following me? Now, this is with your destiny. This is with your purpose. This is with everything. God wants to get across to you your purpose. You have a purpose. You, 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 you do. Yeah, church does. Everybody does. But you do. You've got a plan and a purpose. The more time you spend with God, the more he's going to start revealing things to you. And all at once, he'll say, wouldn't it be great to start a church? And he goes, ooh, and you go, whoa, it would be great to start a church. And then the next day you wake up and said, what the heck was I talking about? That was ridiculous. The last thing I want to do is start a church. But how many know the Holy Ghost don't quit? So he just keeps putting that in there. And all at once somebody off the street comes up and said, you know what? You ought to start a church. You'd make a good pastor. And you say, whoo, that was confirmation to what he already told. What's he doing? He's trying to build sight on the inside of you that you see things. And when you see those things, it removes all fear because now you see yourself doing things you never did before, but once you see them in your imagination, they're easy for you to do. Praise God. Hallelujah. You do, I mean, you ever seen golfers? They get behind the ball and they do this. What are they doing? They're imagining hitting that ball far and imagining it where they're going to hit it and imagining how they're going to get it there. Now, if it didn't work, why would they do that? But now we're talking about natural things. Now you go to spiritual things. God is going to reveal to you, say to me. He's going to reveal to you things in your life. He's going to reveal to things your plan and your purpose. And basically on the inside of you, you are going to start to see it. And most of you have already had sight from the Spirit of God. Either you rejected it, you didn't think you could do it, or you've not let the Holy Ghost manifest it on the inside. How many know that Brandy, like I talked about earlier, is probably going to have the child tomorrow, but how many know that's not the day she got pregnant? Come on. She got pregnant a long time ago. They told her she was pregnant before there was any change in her whatsoever. Yet she believed it on the word. She believed it on the word of a doctor who's supposed to be a specialist who's just practicing medicine. Come on now. And she came home and said, I'm pregnant. How do you know you're pregnant? He said I was pregnant. Do you feel any different? No. Are you any bigger? No. How do you know you're pregnant? He said you're pregnant. Now we go over to God. 
Well, I know what you said, Lord, and if I see a double rainbow by 3 o'clock this afternoon and the rain picks up and the sun comes up tomorrow on the wrong side of the earth and everything else, then I'm going to believe you in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Come on, why does it got to work that way with God when we'll believe everybody else out there? Come on now. Why is it so hard to believe him and do that? Well, because he's not got the sight built in that area to you in order for you to have that pregnancy come to pass in your life. All right, go to John chapter 3. You're going to get some stuff this morning if you hang around. All right, John chapter 3, look at verse 1. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that you do us except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot go to heaven. Is that what that says? No, but that's what we taught, isn't it? Get born again, go to heaven. But notice what Jesus emphasized. Unless you get born again of the Spirit, you cannot the kingdom of God. So once I got born again, I now have the ability to see things that I never saw before, to hear things that I never heard before. It opened up to me a brand new area, basically a spiritual area in my life where I started seeing things that were going to come to pass, things that should come to pass. I start to believe the word of God. Before that, I read the Bible. It didn't mean anything to me. I read it. I knew the stories but it didn't do anything to me. And all at once I picked up the Word of God, started reading it, and bang, you couldn't get by the first paragraph. You had 32 sermons just like that. <laughs> and why is that? Because a sight was opened up to you. A revelation spirit was in you now, and this revelation spirit was revealing things to you that you did not know. So it opened up to you when you got born again. So the day you got born again, spiritual sight came into your life. It came to show you how to make the right choices, how to make the right decisions, how to do things. Why is that? Because you have a seer on the inside of you. You have the Holy Ghost who is a seer on the inside of you. Stop depending so much on a person's seer and start concentrating on the everyday seer. Come on. You can't carry a prophet along in the pocket with you every place you go. Always looking for a word of God. People come to me all the time. Pastor, the Lord told me you have a word for me. I say, well, I do have a word for you. Get in the word. <laughs> That's the word I got for you right now. Why is that? Because if you spend enough time in the word of God and you meditate the word of God and the stories, all at once God starts revealing to you things that you never knew, and the spirit of God loves that. Man, he, he just waits for you just to get a glimpse. He don't want you to get the whole thing. He just wants you to open up this much, and when you do that, the spirit of God will start revealing more and more and more. Then he'll start giving you witnesses to it. I'll tell you what, a, a real... New Testament church is one that when you go to it, you should be getting revelation that helps you to see into the spirit realm. Now, why does God want you to be a seer? Because he wants you to be a haver. Yeah. Hallelujah. The more you see, the more you have. And the more you have, the more you got. And the more you got, God's pleased because it's his pleasure to give you the entire kingdom of God, but he cannot give it to you unless he reveals it to you through the spirit. You start to speak it, you start to see it, and then it reveals through you just like a spiritual pregnancy would, praise God. All right, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4.
All right, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, look at verse 13. It says, We having the same spirit of faith, do you? Yeah. All right, well, we have the same spirit of faith according as it is written, I believed, and therefore have I. And we also believe, and therefore we do what? Speak. So here's the spirit of God on the inside of you. He wants to reveal to you your destiny. He wants to reveal to you your purpose. He wants to reveal to you that you were healed. He wants to reveal to you that you're prosperous. He's basically got all these things in the word of God that's already been declared by the Son of God. He's, he, all his words are in this, and all these promises are yours. So what's God trying to get you to do? To see those promises. Many Christians are born again, don't even know they're a new creation. They don't even know nothing's changed in their spirit. So they're living the way they used to live because they're thinking the way they used to think, and they're seeing the way they used to see. Well, when you come in and find out that you're a new creation in Christ Jesus, that you have supernatural ability in your life, that you have authority over devils now, and the devils you've been running from, you don't have to do it anymore because you have authority. When you find out that you lay hands on the sick and they recover, all these things have been told us by Jesus Christ. And when you get that revelation and you get that seeing on the inside of it, you'll see yourself as a devil caster outer. You'll see yourself as a healer. You'll see yourself somebody with the power of God. You'll see yourself as healed when sickness disease comes. You get out of my life right now in the name of Jesus. When a bill comes, you don't know that God meets my needs according to his riches and glory. He'd probably pay that bill and give me the second amount on the side, praise God, because that's just where I live, hallelujah, in the kingdom of God. And how many know there, there's no fear in that? I mean, how many know God's bigger than any of your problems? But his word has to be bigger than those problems in order for you to trust God. So here's the Spirit of God. How does He operate? He believes and therefore He speaks. And since the Spirit's on the inside of us, He wants us to believe or reveal it to us so that we'll do what with it? Speak, Speak it. Yeah. All right, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. There, First Corinthians chapter two. Look at verse nine. I God, before I got saved, they beat the scripture to death. But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love Him. You never know what God's going to do. You have no idea what God's going to do. We just don't know why He does it. Well, verse ten says, "But say, but." but. But God hath revealed them unto us by His Spirit. For the Spirit search all the things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man, save the Spirit of the man which is in him. Even so the things of God knows no man but the Spirit of God. Now we have received, say I've received. I've received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely, say freely, freely given to us. Now that word freely will eliminate religion out of your life. Because if it's freely giving, I don't have to do something to get it, like I've been taught. I just receive it because he did it for me, praise God. It's already been provided. So what happens when he reveals these things to you, these supernatural things to you? What's going to happen in your life? What's going to happen in a ministry you've got? Verse 13 says, which things we also what? Speak. Speak. So what's he doing? Once again, he's trying to get revelation across to each and every one of us. He's trying to show us our destiny. He's trying to show us our purpose. And when he shows it on the inside of you, basically then you can start pursuing that purpose or that destiny in your life. So the seer on the inside of you wants you to see. Say the seer. The seer. Who's in me? Yes. Wants me to see so I can have. All right, go to Isaiah 46. I'm going to get all the dust off your Bibles today. <laughs> Isaiah 
All right, Isaiah 46, look at verse 9. Remember the former things of old, for I am God, and there is none else. I am God, and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning, and from ancient times the things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. This is interesting, isn't it? Look at it again. There's no God like him. Say, there's no God like him. But look at verse 10. What does he do? Why is he different? Why isn't there anybody like him? Notice, he declares the end from the beginning. Now, how many know he's ahead of us? He's a little bit ahead of us. So what does God do? He comes to you and gives a revelation of the end. You follow me? You're going to pastor a church. You're going to teach people how to walk in the power of God. You're going to teach people how to have their authority. You're going to come up out of the ordinary church. You're going to have a different church. You're going to teach them that Christ is in you, the hope of glory. They're going to understand the anointing through your preaching and your teaching. And that was 20 years ago. That's it. I've called you to do that, and that's what you are. Well, how many know I wasn't? But that's what he called me who I was. So now I had to go to him and find out how to get from where I was at, no place to preach at all, to get to the place where he's already declared I would be. Are you following me? He knew the end from the beginning. I didn't know the end from the beginning. He spoke it to me. So I said, okay, I'm going to do that, Lord, but you know I ain't got any place to preach. Nobody listened to me. So all at once we go by just for fun. Remember just for fun? Used to be a little kid's area up here. They had kids and they had cake and they had everything like that. And I drove by there and God said, that's where you start. I said, geez, oh, that don't look like a church. But he said, I didn't say a church. So we rented the little room off the side. While the kids played, we sat there, and I got people there, about six, and I preached the gospel. How many know that was step one? But how many know in my heart, I knew where I was going? I wasn't wondering where I was going. I knew where I was going. And then I want the Holy Ghost in or the Holiday Inn, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> Opened up their room for us to have services there. But we could only have services Sunday morning and Sunday night because we'd rent it for one day and we didn't do it in the middle of the week. So we ended up there. So each step, God was revealing more to me to get to the end result. And if you think about it, we do the same thing in the natural realm, but we never thought about it. I mean, there's people who want to want to build a house. So they've already in their mind where the kitchen's going to be, where the bathroom's going to be, what the roof's going to look like, what color I'm going to paint it, blah, 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 blah. And they're finished already, but how many know then they got to go back and they got to start? See? So what God wants to do is give you the end result of what he's calling you to do. And it doesn't have to be a five-fold ministry. It doesn't have to be something like that. Maybe it's just to be a giver. Maybe it's just to be a mother to raise up a son who's going to walk in the power of God or the anointing of God. I'm not saying you've got to be a five-fold ministry person. God wants to reveal your purpose and your destiny, and your destiny and purpose are different than mine, and mine's different than yours. But he wants to show you, and he wants to show you what you can do and show you what he wants you to do. And when he shows it to you, it's a little scary because you're not there. You're here. I mean, even if he showed it to you halfway, you'd feel a little better about it because you've got something started. But it doesn't work that way. So he shows you the end from the beginning. And now he's not in time. How many of you know that? So he's not waiting for the end to happen. According to him, the end's already happened. Once he declared it, it was done. It was over with. So I knew there was a destiny for me to get to. I didn't know how to get to. And notice, I didn't try to get there myself. I'm going to preach all over the world. Praise God. You are. Yeah, I'm contacting every minister I can to see if I can get their place. And blah, 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 blah. No, you don't do that. You just get the end result. 
That's it. That's where I'm going. I'm going there. That's my destiny. That's my purpose, to raise other people up. That's where I'm going. So step by step, we, we go from just for fun to the Holy Ghost in to behind body talk. How many of you would like to have a church that when people say, where is it? You say behind body talk. I mean, if he would have revealed that to me at the beginning, I'd have quit right there. I would never went any further than that. But that was our landmark. Where are you? We're behind body talk. In? No, behind, I said. Behind. But what happened? He revealed the enemy. So if body talk was it, body talk was the next step. If the best Western was the next, whatever it took. But we went step by step by step because God was revealing truth to me and he reveals truth to you on a daily basis. And there's a revelation that you've already got. If you've been around the church at all, there's something in there that you might have kicked out. Might have said, that's impossible. Trust me, it's going to be. If it's possible, you might as well chuck it. See, because it's going to take the Holy Spirit. It's going to take God to do that. So God does the end from the beginning. Go to Numbers 33. The prophetic spirit wants you to see. I meditated, go ye into all the world. What for? I wanted to see myself preaching before I ever preached. I preached to thousands before I preached to six. I was already ahead of everything because God had placed something in my heart and I was seeing myself do those things in my imagination, in my spirit, man. So when the time came, I was ready to do those things. All right, Numbers 33. Look at verse 53. And God said, You shall dispossess the inhabitants of the land and dwell therein, for I have given you the land to possess. Now, this is interesting, again, because God didn't say, Hey, Israel, I'll tell you what I want to do. There's land over here. I want you to go in and possess that land. Uh, I want you to get in the inhabitants, and when you get in there, that land will be yours, and then it will be claimed by you, and I want you to acquire the land. He didn't do that. He said, I have given you. Land's already given. See, that's, that's a given. God already spoke it. He declared, that land's yours. So now they had to figure out how to go from where they were to get in the land that he had already declared that they were going to get in. Are you following me? And how many of you know the first people didn't get in? Why? Because they grumbled and complained. Well, God told me we were going to get in the land. We're not getting in the land. We got no food. We got no water out here in the desert. And he said he gave us the land, but I don't see no land. And we're not in the land. And this ain't working for me. So I just don't know why. <laughs> now, apparently they didn't have the full vision, did they? No. Of I have given you the land. Because if God says I've given you the land, then bless God, the land belongs to you. So you should be finding out how to get there, not complaining that you're stuck in the desert for now because if you're going to complain where you're at right now, you're going to stay where you're at right now. Mm, This is the way my finances always were and they always will be forever the same. Hallelujah. See, you can't can't operate that day. Well, well, we've just always been broke. We've always been broke. Well, God says you're going to prosper. Yeah, but you don't understand. We've always been broke. Well, let me tell you what. You're always going to be broke because the only way you move from where you're at is to believe the vision or the word that God has already spoken and gave to you and told you where you're supposed to get to. So now I'm going to go from here to there. I'm going to change my thought life. I'm going to change my mouth. Yes. Amen. Prosperity. Praise God. I'm prosperous. How you doing? Glory to God. Bank account? Oh, $300,000. Me? 
blessed and prosperous. Praise God, I'm telling you what. Are you prosperous? Yeah, praise God. We are so prosperous. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And I'll tell you, don't tell too many people where you're really at because if they don't understand spiritual things, they're always going to be there to talk you out of getting into the spiritual things God's trying to get you into. Well, how can you say you're a liar? You said that you're prosperous, and I know how far you're in debt. You told me the other day, and that's just be Come on. Either run from that person, slap that person, or do something, praise God. Come on now. I'll tell you, anything that's going to keep you from your destiny is pretty important to me, praise God. Don't tell me. I mean, I got all kind of letters, all kind of everything when we started our church. God says you were supposed to start your church in Stewart because Stewart don't have any Holy Ghost churches, so your church will fail. Well, burn that one. <laughs> Goes right down the pit of hell with the other ones. See, everybody, everybody wants to get your vision, enjoy it, and then try to get you there. Nobody gets you there when you're locked in. You know that God's going to get you there, and the Holy Ghost is going to get you there. So notice he said, I've given you the land, and they're out there complaining because they're in the desert, and because they kept complaining, they died in the desert. I don't want to die in the desert. I want to get to the land, praise God. All right, go to Romans chapter 4. Romans 4. All right, Romans chapter 4. This is about Abraham. Verse 17, as it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God, who quickens the dead, and he calls those things which be not as though they were. You know why he does that? Because they are. Look at it again. As is written. So he comes to Abraham. Here's old Abraham, praise God. 100 years old, got a wife, never had a baby. And he walks up to him and says, he didn't say, would you like to be the father of many nations? I could possibly make you the father of many nations. There's a chance. No, he says, I have already made you and from the beginning, the father of many nations. And when he spoke that, how many know that was hard for Abraham? Hard for Abraham to figure out. Even if he just said, well, you might have a couple kids. You might do this. But no, once again, he spoke the end from the beginning. Why? Because in God's eyes, it was done. Abraham was going to be the father of many nations. He tried to plant that seed on the inside so Abraham would see himself as the father of many nations. And by seeing himself, he would call those things that be not as though they were. Are you prosperous? I am rich. Why? I'm calling those things that be not as though they are. And I'll tell you what, if I call them long enough, they'll be R. Yes. <laughs> See what I mean? They'll become R. But if you stay where you're at, oh, here's where I am. Never going to work out. Things ain't going to work. Blah, blah, blah. Dee, dee, dee. Boo, dee, dee. Doo, dee, dee. No. Where is he taking you? Where is he taking you? Where is he revealed it to you? What do you see on the inside? Do you see somebody on the street begging for food? Do you see yourself as a pauper? Do you see yourself rich and writing out checks and giving them to everybody in the world because you got so dang much money? You don't know what to do with it? Do you see yourself running from the devil or attacking the devil? Do you see yourself sick or you see yourself strong? Praise God. And a lot of times, you know, in this ministry earlier, we had people who would come on Sunday nights in wheelchairs. And a lot of times people who, you know, they were excited about what we preached, what we did, everything else. As soon as somebody comes in in a wheelchair and you're preaching signs, wonders, and miracles, you know what everybody's thinking. We're going to get them out of that wheelchair, I'm telling you. And they would come and try to help them up and say, walk in Jesus' name, walk in Jesus' name. Well, that's all right, and I, I love it and everything, but you've got to make sure the person in the chair has some kind of revelation of coming out of the chair. 
If I walk up to somebody in a chair and say, how long have you been in here? I've been in here for 16 years, and I'm just going to stay here my whole life, and I'm never going to get out of here. And I've learned to adapt to it, and I know how to handle a wheelchair now, so I'm really happy to be in the wheelchair. How many know I'm not going to do anything? Why would I do something, for goodness sakes? I've got to change the way they think and the way they're looking to at least they think they might get out of the wheelchair. Praise God. Why? So God can get in there to give them a vision of them doing something different and coming out. So it's not just running around and slapping hands on everybody in the world. It's being led by the Holy Ghost. Sometimes, you know, you might even have to minister a little. And the worst part about that, it takes time. See, you got to minister to people. You got to give. A lot of people came to Jesus, the Bible said, to hear and receive. To hear and receive. Well, the church comes to hear, drive through, and go. See, we become a drive through thing. Some people come ready, some people don't. Hallelujah. Getting awful quiet in here. All right, go to Genesis 15. So there's poor Abraham. He's just sitting there, and all at once God shows up to him and says, I've made you the father of many nations. Now, how many of you know, I'm glad he didn't share that with his relation. I'm glad he didn't even share it with his wife right away. Because at 90, she probably wasn't believing God real hard. All right, Genesis chapter 15, look at verse 1. I'll wait on you. Are you ready? After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abraham. I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. And Abraham said, Lord God, what will you give me? Seeing I go childless, and the steward of my house is the Eleazar of Damascus. And Abraham said, Behold, to me thou hast given no seed. And lo, one in my house has been born in heir, not even my heir. And behold, the Lord of the Lord came to him, saying, This shall not be thine heir, but he that shall come forth out of thine own body shall be thy heir. And he brought him forth abroad and said, look. Now, do you suppose he said look so he would look? Look now toward heaven and tell the stars, and if you be able to count the number of them. And he said unto him, so shall my seed be. So here's God shows up. He already knows what's going to happen. He already told you he's going to be the father of many nations. Abraham not real happy because nothing's happening. He didn't have a kid the next day. Things aren't changing. Nothing's taking place. He's upset. He says, you've given me no seed. Say, he's given me no seed. All right, so God shows up, and he says basically that you're going to have many, many people as the sands of the sea and the stars, verse 6, and he believed in the Lord, and he counted it unto him for righteousness. And he said unto him, I am the Lord that brought thee out of the of Ur and of Chaldeans to give you this land and inherit it. And he said, Lord God, whereby shall I know that I inherit it? How many of you know he didn't believe that either? Amen. All right, so he comes to Abraham. Now I want you to watch this. He comes to Abraham, and Abraham's mad because Abraham has not had a son or a seed yet. And Abraham's frustrated because in the natural, he doesn't see a son and he doesn't see a seed. But God says, I've already given you a seed. I've already told you you're going to be the father of many nations. The seed you need is not an instant son. It's the seed of my declaration of your future that you put in your heart and you let grow in there. I've already given you the seed. So, so now I need finances. Oh, I need finances. I prayed for finances. Look at the bank account, still the same. Look at the checking account, still the same. God, why don't, why don't you give me money? God says, I've already given you the seed. 
Well, what do you mean? You haven't given me the seed. You haven't given me. No, I've given you the seed. The seed of the word of God says that you shall prosper. Believe, believe the prophets and you shall prosper. Your needs are met according to your riches and glory. I've already given you the seed. You're concentrating on the natural seed that you don't have rather than the real seed that you do have. So he comes back and he says, hey, this is the seed that you need. And Abraham says, okay, okay, I sort of believe that, but how can you prove to me that that seed is true? And notice what he tells him to do. Look at verse 9. And he said unto me, take me a heifer of three years old and a she-goat of three years old and a ram of three years old and a turtle dove and a young pigeon. And he took all these upon him, divided them in the midst, and he laid each piece against another, and the birds he divided not. So God says, let me prove it to you. Make a covenant with me. Glory to God. Make a covenant with now the covenant back then. How many know it wasn't the blood of God? It was the blood of animals. But he said, Abraham understood covenant. So he says, this, is a co- this proves to you that you're going to be the father of many nations because I've given you my seed, which is my word, that basically is going to be solidified now in the blood of animals. Well, we've got a seed. Amen. We've got a seed that's solidified in the blood of Jesus Christ. See, that's the seed that we got. Not the seed of what happens in the natural, but the seed that he places on him. Now watch this. Once Abraham got to it, he said, Ooh, now I got the covenant there. Now I'm believing it because that's a covenant. I know you can't lie because I just did a sacrifice for you and I did the blah, 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 blah. Now look at verse 11. And when the fowls came down upon the carcasses, notice, whenever you believe in your vision to go further in the word of God, the vultures are going to show up. What do they show up? To steal your blood covenant and your blood sacrifice so you go doubt and unbelief. So immediately when he had the covenant laid out, here come the vultures. But notice, verse 11. And when the fowls came down upon the carcasses, Abraham did what? Abraham did what? Now that tells you, my God, that tells you when you believe something, when you believe it on the Word of God, when you believe it based on the blood, that vultures are going to come, but you're the one who's going to have to drive the vultures away. And where do the vultures come? They come right here. Prosper. You ain't going to prosper. Who do you think you are telling everybody that you're you're rich? Who do you think you are telling everybody you're anointed? What do you think? Well, the Word of God says, well, the Word of God, have you had any proof that you're anointed? Have you seen anything happen with the anointing? No, but the Word of God says, well, then you don't have the anointing then. Lay hands on the sick. You'll never lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. Oh, yes, I do. The Bible says it lay hands. I don't care what I say. Get away from me. It's a vulture. Get vulture out of here, praise God. And we all have vulture issues. Don't sit out there like you don't. Well, I never, Pastor, I know what you're talking about. I've never had a vulture problem in my life. You've already been eaten by the vultures, praise God, at this point. Come on, yeah, they come, they don't. Anytime you try to believe the Word of God or what God has already proclaimed for you and God has already, you want to go into ministry, you go into ministry, but you better expect some vultures to be coming all the way through your thing. Every step you take is another vulture. And a lot of times vultures come in people uniforms. Yeah, they come in people outfits. But inside they're a vulture. On the inside, trying to talk you out of it, trying to tell you you can't do it, trying to talk, yeah, 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 then it's going to work for you, work for somebody else, not going to work, who do you think you are? Yeah, 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 yeah. All those things, and I'll tell you what, you got to deal with them vultures immediately. 
You can't let them land on your head for three or four days and meditate whether you're going to deal with them or not, then try to shoo them off because every day they stay on your head, it gets tougher to get rid of them. To get rid of them right away, you hit those things right away. You knock down every fiery dart. You knock down every vulture right away. You don't meditate on it and decide whether you're going to do it or whether you're going to make it or not for three days. You need to hit that vulture right in the mouth, right off the bat, praise God. We talked about it even with what's going on right now. Well, the election's over. No, it's not, praise God. Get that vulture out of here, praise God. Turn on the computer and all this crap comes up. Vulture, 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 vulture. It's all comes up. Vultures, isn't there? I never saw the Holy Ghost appear and say you're on the right track when I turned on my computer. No, it's a bunch of vultures on there. Every place you turn on your phone, another vultures right there. They're everywhere. It's vultures everywhere. And we want to get rid of those vultures, don't we? So you've got to deal with them in your own life, praise God. What do you do? You declare the word of God. You declare, no, God told me i got a ministry. God, I don't care if this ministry is broke, praise God. We're going into prosperity, glory to God. This ministry is going to survive. We are going to operate in the things of God. I'm going to raise up people in the power of God. I'm going to operate in people in signs, wonders, and miracles who are excited about the things of God. We are going to see people healed and delivered. We're going to have a church that's so full of money, everybody don't even know what to do with it half the time, praise God. Everybody's going to be walking, healing, and power in every single area of their life been with me for 20 years and it hasn't gone anywhere little vulture big vulture don't make any difference you suck that thing right in the mouth when it comes along praise God hallelujah all right go to first Kings chapter 18 spend the time to get the revelation to get the vision of what God wants to do in your finances in every single area of your life then build that thing build it build on it Right, this is a time basically in in the Bible where Elijah basically they were in the midst of a drought. They've been in a drought for a long time. First Kings 18, look at verse 41. And Elijah said unto Ahab, Get thee up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. Now, how many know it wasn't raining? How many of nobody else was hearing a sound of an abundant rain? So it's obvious that Elijah must have heard a revelation from God saying, Hey, I hear some rain. Verse 42. So Ahab went up to eat and to drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel, and he cast himself down on the earth and put his face between his knees. Now notice, he didn't go to the people and find out if they heard rain. He didn't check them out. If they heard the pitter-patter of little drops coming down, he went to himself and he prayed. In other words, he tried to build the vision of rain that he'd already heard and already saw on the inside of him. Look at verse 43. And then he said to his servant, go up now, look toward the sea. And he went up and looked and he said, there is nothing. Now, most people stop right there. And he said, wait a minute, go up again, do it seven times. And it came to pass on the seventh time that he said, behold, you know what? There arises a little cloud. Oh, my God. A little cloud out of the sea like a man's hand. And he said, go up, say to Ahab, you better prepare your chariot and you better get thee down because that the rain will stop you if you don't. Now, how many know his vision might have expanded right now? See, so he went back up seven times. So here's you. Oh, lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. Praise God, I'm going to do that. Two days later, they die. That's it, I quit. I ain't killing nobody else. Ain't going to do it. 
God says, no, go back and try it again. Dead. Praise God. <laughs> two for two. Glory to God. I'm doing real good right now. And then about the fifth one, you lay hands on it once, they feel better. And the power of God hits them. And they look, whoo, I see a little cloud. My God, there's, there's a cloud here. There's a cloud of healing right here. And you go back up the sixth time, the seventh time. And then once you, everybody you touch gets healed. Every time you invest, it comes back to you. Every time you do something in the spirit realm, it works for you. Your ministry is working. Now, what happened? It takes time to build the vision on the inside of you. Don't quit with the first attempt. Notice him. They came back down and said nothing. He said, go up again. So I go back up, come back down, nothing. Go back up, come back down, nothing. Go back up. But when he saw something in the spirit, when the guy who wasn't even spiritual saw something coming, they said, oh, baby, look out. It is going to rain, and you better get your chariot down off this place, and you better get going because it's going to get so muddy. Can you imagine? They're in the middle of a drought. It's going to get so muddy in the next couple hours that you ain't going to be able to get your chariot out here, praise God. All right, look what happens after that. Verse 45, and it came to pass in the meanwhile that the heavens was black with clouds and wind, and there was a what kind of rain? What kind of rain? And Ahab rode and went to Jezreel. And the hand of the Lord was upon Elijah, and he girded up his loins, and he ran and passed the chariot and was the first one to Jezreel. <laughs> I get a picture of that when I see it. It's so funny. This guy takes off. And he's just sort of standing around. Not once the clouds start coming and it's already gone. Not once power of God comes on. He's takes a, like a cartoon, you know what I mean? And the dust rolls up behind him as he's running there and he passes it. Notice, if you'll do it the way God wants to, you're going to start outrunning everybody Amen. in healing, everybody in finances, everybody in power, everybody in authority, everybody in your ministry because the hand of the Lord's going to come upon you when you believe your destiny that God has called you to and the purpose you have told you to, the Spirit of God comes upon you and you start doing supernatural things and start passing up people who've been in the ministry for 20 years. Yet you're passing them up with revelation and with power and with knowledge that's in your life. Age has nothing to do with this stuff. I don't care how old you are. There's still a purpose while you're here. There's still a reason why you're here. There's still a destiny for you to do something in the kingdom of God. There are no useless members. We're all here for a purpose and for a plan and forever, but you've got to have it revealed on the inside of you. You've got to be able to observe it. You've got to be able to see it so that you can do it on the inside of you. All right, one more. Go to Joshua chapter 1. is like a tour of the Bible today. All right, Joshua chapter 1, are you there? Look at verse 8. This book of the law or this destiny or this revelation or whatever God has given you shall not depart out of your Shall not depart out of where? In other words, nothing that's against your destiny or your, your vision or what God has showed you should come out of your mouth that's against that, right? So it means you've got to stay in agreement with what God has showed you at all times with your what? Mouth. All right. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. Now, why do I do that, Lord? Why do I have to Why do I have to go up to the mountain after I heard abundance of rain? And why don't I have to put my head between my knees? And why don't I have to pray? And why don't I have to meditate? Look at the next verse. That you mayest observe. You may see. 
you may all at once observe what God's doing for you, what he wants you to do next. Thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. So what do I do? I get a revelation. I'm supposed to start a church. All right, we'll start a church. You're right. And I know what the church is going to be like. I know what's going to happen. I know what the people's going to be there. I mean, I'm not calling them in. They just show up, and they're here, and that's what I'm teaching them, and that's what I do. So what happens? He starts you out one spot. He starts you out another spot. He starts you out another spot. Then you go to another place. Then you learn another thing. Then all, once ever, all hell comes against you, and they try to throw you out and shut you down, but you keep on going anyway. You just keep going. Why? That's just a bigger vulture than what you've been dealing with before. So I push that vulture to the side. If I need legal help, I go to somebody that I know is in agreement with me to help me with legal help. I don't go to somebody and say, well, you're beat. You might as well close your doors. And I'm going to find somebody who's a Holy Ghost person. Yeah. And I've done that. I got a guy by the name of Jeff Thomas, who you yeah. all know. Me and him have been together a long time, and we've gone through quite a few vulture instances. <laughs> and even when he doesn't know the answer, he can fake like he does. He's amazing. <laughs> He's amazing. And we've been through those things. So why, I'm not going to go to the, the lawyer on TV. I'm not going to go to this guy who probably doesn't even believe in my vision to begin with. I'm going to find somebody who's going to be in agreement with me and support this thing and get that vulture out of there. So things are going to come against your calling. Things are going to come against your life. But you've got to understand that God is going to get you where you're going if you just follow him and meditate on the word of him. He's going to take you to that spot. You're going to get to that place. You're going to get that place if you're an evangelist, a pastor, a teacher. You're going to get that place if you just be an anointed mom. I mean, you read the other night, two nights, three Wednesdays ago, I can't remember, but when Paul got a revelation of Jesus Christ and basically got blinded. There was a guy by the name of Ananias. And Ananias's call, basically his whole life's call wasn't this. He must have been called to do something else. He wasn't in a five-fold ministry. But in the midst of his call of what he was supposed to do, he was called just for a second to go lay hands on Paul. And since Paul was killing everybody, he didn't think that was a very good idea. As a matter of fact, he did what I taught you last week. He reminded God that Paul was killing people. He thought maybe God forgot. <laughs> Had a mental lapse. What was he doing? No, but God sent him there. So he goes, lays hands on Paul. Paul writes three-fourths of the New Testament, and you never hear about Ananias again. So you don't have to be on TV. You don't have a church of 60,000 people. You don't have to do this. Don't have to. You just need to do what you're called to do and what God has already spoken into your life to do and do it the best of ability with the anointing of God. But you should see it more and more. It should get brighter every day that you see what you're called to do and what you can do. And the divine nature on the inside of you should be revealed on the inside of you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Yes, sir? Can I help you? You want me to fix that for you or not? Hallelujah. <laughs> Are willing to be used of him is to share one of the spiritual gifts I'm going to talk about briefly this morning. That is the gift of knowledge. And when he shares the gift of knowledge with us, that gift can be just about the size of the tip of this tissue that I have here in my hands. And what he does is he opens the door to the kingdom of knowledge and just cracks it, even just a, a hair, and reveals to us as believers something that is going on that we could not possibly know 
except through his intervention and through this gift of knowledge. Now, why am I talking about the gift of knowledge uh, specifically today? And that is because you, you've seen the prophetic gift in operation. Amen? But what you don't see is what goes on before that. And I'm just here to share this with you this morning so that you can flow the same way. Amen? You know, it would do, it would be no greater privilege for your pastor or for me or anyone else in leadership to see you operating in the supernatural realm. This is not something that is confined to the fivefold ministry or to leadership or even to people who have been around for a long time. It doesn't come as a result of years. It comes as a result of your willingness to step out, okay? And so the way the gift of knowledge operates is when you're in tune with the Holy Spirit. And by the way, you should be in tune with the Holy Spirit 24-7. Come on now. I mean, either the Spirit of God is in us or the Spirit of God is not in us. But we know the truth, and the truth shall set us free. And the fact of the matter is that God's presence is there all the time, and he's waiting for willing vessels to take a step forth in faith and open their mouths. So what do you do? You clear the air. You clear the atmosphere. You get rid of all clutter. You assume you take on God's shalom. When you take on God's shalom, you are ready, willing, and able because his peace is prevailing, okay? And you are ready. You're ready to go to work, so to say. And so God will reveal to you something. Now, you may say, well, Ted, how do you know it's God? If there's any question in your mind, you just do what the Bible says. You ask the Holy Ghost. And you say, Holy Ghost, is this you or not? And when you speak that way to the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost has got to come back and give you a word of confirmation or a word to say, shut up, sit down, go away, etc., etc. Okay? But the Holy Ghost desires to use you. And oftentimes, through the gift of knowledge, and I believe we're going to see and you're going to see in your lives with great frequency the gift of knowledge, the supernatural gift of God becoming natural to you. In other words, the supernatural will become natural. God operates in the supernatural realm, doesn't he? Okay? 
But you know, I love um, uh, uh, Sid Roth and his show, uh, It's Supernatural. And his theme, his motto is, the supernatural has got to be natural. And, it, and, and that is the case for believers. So you tap in when you, you least expect it. God will give you something, okay? Again, if there's a question, there's a doubt in your mind, just go to him and ask him. But he'll give you revelation knowledge for the purposes of ministry, not so that you can take this knowledge and go down to your local bookie and bait and and and, and bet on horses or or go to the uh, 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 the the in, inconvenience store and buy these um, uh, stupid things, you know. And <clears throat> Glory to God. So the knowledge will precede what God has in store for you, the next step. Do you understand? In other words, you'll know that you know because there'll be a witness now that what God is speaking to you is not just your pepperoni pizza from the night before coming up in Ajita or whatever, some of you got that. Okay, cool. But that it's the real thing, that it's the Holy Ghost operating uh, through you, and he wants to do that. Uh, many, many years ago, dear friends of ours from church who were evangelists were ministering in uh, Germany someplace, and they had their teenage daughter with them. And one day I just finished praying, and God said, God showed me, he revealed a, through a word of knowledge that they were being harassed by evil spirits because of the work that they were that they were doing. There were vultures, but these were real live vultures that were attacking them and harassing them and keeping them from ministry. And I said, Lord, they're in Germany. What do you want me to do? And he said, pray. And he said, then get someone else to agree with you. And, and I did. And about a week or so later, they came back. And, um, well, you know what? I'm going to tell you who it was, because some of you know him. Terry Madden who was an evangelist, okay? And I said to him, how was your trip? He said, oh, great, fantastic. I said, did anything unusual happen? He said, uh, no. I said, oh, Okay. I guess I missed it. I said, Terry, are, are you sure? Did you have any, any problems whatsoever uh, while, while you were ministering? He said, oh, my, I completely forgot. Of course we did. He said, we were changing hotels. We had to go from point A to point B to minister in another church. And my daughter... My daughter was, uh, could not find her favorite necklace, and we didn't know where it was, and we searched high and low, high and low, high and low, and finally we, we said, hey, we've got to get on to our next meeting, because if we don't get on to our next meeting, uh, we're going to be late, 
and, and we're not going to be able to minister. So they went on to their uh, next meeting, and then they got a revelation as to where the necklace was, and they went back to the hotel. I'm sorry, they didn't get a revelation, but they went back to the hotel. They came up to the front desk, and they said, has anyone by any chance found the necklace? And the clerk, the, the hotel clerks said, yes. One of the cleaning maids found the necklace, and they have bought it, and it's right here for you, okay? So they were being harassed, okay, by evil spirits that were trying to keep them from from ministering, okay? And so I'm not saying it was necessarily my prayer, but when I went into agreement with some of the elders in, in church, I, b I believe that broke that spirit and got that thing um, revealed, okay? So God, God will speak to you. He'll speak to you either in a still, small voice or he'll give you a very, very strong impression that you are to take action on his behalf so that he can use you as a vessel. God is looking for willing vessels in order to do his work. The neat part about the fivefold ministry is that they are equipped to do one thing. Equip. They are equipped. They are trained. We in the fivefold ministry have experience. We have uh, Holy Ghost uh, anointing, etc., etc. But the whole purpose is to do what? To train the saints to do the work of the ministry. Who's ministering? The saints are ministering. Not the fivefold ministry. The fivefold ministry's job is to train the saints to go out there in the ditches where the action is. Okay? There's 50, 100 people here in this assembly this morning. You have an opportunity where you work, where you live, where you shop etc., etc., to touch 50 or 100 lives just coming and going. Do you understand that? Okay? So you need to pray and ask the Lord and say, Lord, use me. Lord, I'm willing and ready to go. But I want to do, do it on your terms. I want to do it at your direction. I want to do it under your guidance. Give me the word. And from the gift of knowledge will flow the gift of wisdom, will flow the prophetic gift, will flow the power gifts as well, will flow through faith, which is one of the gifts. And faith gives you the, the, the um, unction to function. Okay? It's as simple as that. Faith says, just what pastors preached this morning, you can do it. See yourself doing it. See yourself being used because God wants to use you. And I'll tell you something. It's coming. It's here now, but it's going to be it's coming in even greater power, greater anointing. I believe it's days away. 
days away. So you need to make a decision. Either make a decision to be a part of it or make a decision to be departed. Because that's, that's, that's the decision. It's life and death. What we're talking about here is the kingdom of God. And either the kingdom of God is going to go forward or we're going to have some big, big, big problems. The kingdom is here now. It is going forward. Amen? Father, we thank you today for your grace. We thank you for your power. We thank you for your anointing. We thank you, Lord, that in all things you supply all of our needs according to your riches and glory. And even now, Lord, we ask that you would empower us from on high, that we would go forth from this place on fire, on fire for your kingdom, Lord. Inspire us even, even throughout this week, Lord, uh, this very, very special week, Lord, where we come together with the family and we celebrate and we, and we give you thanks and we give you praise and we give you honor and we give you glory. Remind us, O oh Lord, my God, for all the things that we need to be thankful for. Bless us and bless our families this week. Pour out your favor in great, great measure, for we ask it this day in Yeshua's mighty name. Amen and amen.